This is Boundless, and I'm Ed Blonsky. Everyone has a need, and I'm glad to share with you the one thing that can meet every single need. It is the love of Jesus Christ. On today's show, you will hear a message of love and hope, the very same love and hope that will meet all needs. The messages on Boundless have recently been given at St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois. If you happen to be in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit at www.stmatts.net. That's www.stmatts.net. Now, here's today's message. Thanks for listening. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from our risen and reigning Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. He knows a hero when he sees one. Too few characters out there flying around like that, saving people like me. And Lord knows, kids like Henry need a hero. Courageous, self-sacrificing people, setting examples for all of us. Everybody loves a hero. People line up for them, cheer them, scream their names. And years later, they'll tell how they stood in the rain for hours just to, just to get a glimpse of the one who taught them to hold on a second longer. I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride, even though sometimes we have to be steady and give up the things we want the most, even our dreams. Spider-Man did that for Henry, and he wonders where he's gone. He needs him. That quote comes to us this morning from Spider-Man 2. Uh, this is made by Aunt May as she's speaking to Peter. Even though that movie was made in the early or late 2000s, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that quote, in that line that that actor says. Just look at our society. We love the idea of a hero. We love the one who overcomes the bad guy, who takes them on and defeats them. We love that idea. We see this in many of the successful movie franchises. Look at most of the successful summer movies. They have something to do with a hero. Even TV shows, the successful ones, have something to do with a hero. Either he's saving the city, he's saving the world, or he's saving some person. We love our hero. Kids and even some adults, I bet even some of you here this morning, you have a favorite superhero. Maybe it's Batman. Maybe it's Superman. Maybe Spider-Man, Iron Man. Maybe it's one of them I haven't listed, but whatever one it is, we love a hero. And that's exactly what the people of Israel were looking for at this time, during the time of Jesus. They were living under the oppression of the Romans. The Romans had come in and conquered the land, and they were ruling over the people. The people were looking for a hero, someone to come in and save them from the Romans. The people, they were hoping for a hero, like we read about in the Old Testament, a character like Moses that great leader who rose up and led the people out of slavery to the promised land. They were looking for a great king, like King Solomon. Or maybe they were looking for a great warrior king, like King David. Someone who would come and defeat the Romans and kick them out of, the, out of Israel and would set up his kingdom on earth. The people, they, they knew of this promise that God had made throughout the Old Testament that his people, to his people, that a Messiah, a hero, an anointed one, would come and save them. They hear about it each time in synagogue when they read from the Old Testament. 
And so when Jesus comes on the scene with his ministry, people see what he does, what he can do, his great teachings and his great healings and all these things he can do. And so they thought to themselves, hey, maybe this is our hero. This is the guy that we've been long promised. Jesus becomes so popular that he begins to, to challenge the religious order of the day. His way of teaching and his healing is so different from the way that the, the religious leaders had been taught that they began to challenge Jesus and question his authority. And Jesus at that time, he doesn't want to confront them. So he withdraws from the area and he gets away from Jerusalem and from all that. He's the furthest away he can be geographically. And that's where our reading this morning picks up. Jesus is the furthest he can be geographically from Jerusalem. And in the previous reading, Peter gives his, his great witness of faith, of his confession of faith of who Jesus is. He says he's the Christ, the son of the, son of the living God. And Jesus tells the disciples not to tell anyone this. Then we have Jesus, he drops this bombshell on his disciples about what's about to happen to him when he goes to Jerusalem. If you read the four Gospels, Jesus foretells his death in all four of them in some manner or form. I think one of the clearest examples of this, it comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, where in Luke chapter 10, Luke tells us that Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. He literally set his face and feet to go towards Jerusalem, knowing exactly what was going to happen to him there. But this, back to the Gospel of Matthew, this isn't the first time that Jesus has talked about his death or foretold of it. He's talked about it in other ways, more cloak and dagger ways, ways the disciples didn't get. But here at chapter 16, he loudly and clearly tells the disciples what's going to happen to him when he goes to Jerusalem. And the disciples, like all the other times, they don't understand it. They can't wrap their minds around this idea of the journey that Jesus is about to take. They don't think this is the journey a hero is to take, a savior is to take. They can't wrap their heads around it. They're, they're not, they can't connect that a hero has to go and willingly die for the people of Israel. They're thinking a hero has to come along and he has to defeat the enemy, but then he reigns. He doesn't die, but he, he lives right there with the people. The disciples are, are so focused this morning on the first part of Jesus foretelling his, his death, about how he's going to suffer, that the part about him rising from the dead on, on the third day just kind of goes right over their heads. I hope you're enjoying today's message on Boundless from St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods. For more, you can go to our website, www.stmats.net. That's www.stmatts.net. You can also support our ministry and access more online content of Boundless Hope. And if you are in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit. Now, back to today's message. And then we have Peter. Let's think back a few moments that Peter has just given that great confession of faith of who Jesus is. That great moment. And then we have Peter gets in the way of what Jesus is trying to do. He doesn't, you know, that, that, that's great, Jesus. No, he tells Jesus, no, that's not how it should do. This is how it should be done. Peter, he had this idea of a savior. 
And it wasn't the way that Jesus was describing to the disciples. He had a different idea for what it meant to be a savior. Peter, like many of the people, the disciples, they thought a savior, a hero, would be one who comes in power and might like a conquering army and kicks out the Romans and sets up his throne in Jerusalem like King David did. That's what Peter wanted to be part of. He wanted to be part of a, a kingdom like that. But when Jesus brings up that he's going to willingly die at the hands of the, the religious leaders, Peter wants nothing to do with that. And so Jesus responds to Peter with these words. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. We read these words this morning, and maybe you don't think like me, but when I first read these words, I'm thinking, well, this sounds like a list of requirements that, you know, we have to do this to be a follower of Jesus and this. That is not what Jesus is saying in this text. He's not giving us a list of requirements that you have to do this to be my disciple. He's not trying to weed out the weak or the undeserving. He's just simply stating what's going to happen to himself at Jerusalem, what's going to happen to his disciples, and what's going to happen to you and to me. Jesus, in, in chapter 16, he reminds us that we live in a fallen world, that because of the infection of sin in creation, we live in a fallen world. And that's the reason why he came, the reason why he's going to take that journey to the cross, because that cross that he will carry will defeat sin death, and the power of the devil. Jesus, he did all of these things when he made that hero's journey. He took his, up his cross, and he willingly died for you and for me. But getting back to us, Jesus tells us that if we want to follow him, we have to take up our cross and follow him. We don't literally have a wooden cross that each morning we pick up and we carry around. But we do have some cross, some cost that we pay to be a follower of Jesus. The, early, the earlier followers of Jesus, they would have been really familiar with suffering. They experienced persecution. So did the earlier church. That was the cross they bare at that time. Christians in other parts of the world, they experienced some form of persecution. Even some even experienced death for the name of Christ. We're blessed to live in the United States. We don't experience that kind of persecution, but times are, are changing as we look at our world. But we suffer in other ways in this life, living in the United States. So now I wanna take up those, those questions I, I propose. How do we take up our cross? How do we follow Jesus? How do we deny ourselves? What does that mean? The crosses that you and I carry there are those sufferings that we go through for the name of Jesus. But the one I really want to pick up on is the denying ourselves. It's a weird concept to our world to deny yourself something. Denying ourselves something means that when someone is mean or evil towards us, or they cut us off on the road or something, we don't repay them. We don't repay evil with evil. We repay evil with good. Denying ourselves reminds us that we're different from this world. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. We remember that we belong to Christ. He has made us, uh, uh, he has made us his in the waters of baptism. 
And yet, while we prepare our, while we deny ourselves, we have to be realistic because of the world that we live in. We would look different than everyone else. And so we have to prepare ourselves that when we deny ourselves, whatever it may be, that the world's going to look at us different. That we may be mocked or made fun of because we're not doing what everyone else is doing. We're not going with the crowd. We're listening to the words of Jesus instead. We suffer much in this life because of sin. Sin has infected everything around us. And yet we struggle with, we struggle in sin because we inflict sin upon ourselves by the choices that we make, by the things that we say, by the actions that we do. And in those moments when we're, we're suffering in our sin, in our sorrow, we want our, our Jesus to come in like a mighty warrior to break in in all of his might and all of his glory and just take away that suffering because we don't want to go through that suffering. But that's looking for God where he's not found. We're reminded in our Lutheran doctrine that, Lord, that God is found in the midst of suffering. God doesn't work like that. He doesn't break in according to our will, but according to his will. But when we are suffering, he comes alongside us and he reassures us and reminds us that he's with us. And the Holy Spirit comes and helps us and strengthens our faith by reminding us of the presence of our Lord. We can know at the same time when we are suffering in some way, that we are suffering, but all that we are suffering has been defeated through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Because we can know as his followers that denying ourselves, we can know that when we are suffering and we have the reassurance, we don't just hold on to that. We can take that and we can share that with others that are suffering in some way. Jesus, he, he, takes, he talks about taking up that cross daily and following him. Martin Luther, the founder of our denomination, he reminds us in the small catechism and he gives us a great explanation of what it means to deny ourselves and to be a disciple of Jesus daily. Luther writes in the small catechism, it means that our sinful self should be drowned through daily repentance so that day after day a new self should arise to life with God in righteousness and purity forever. We have to prepare ourselves as followers of Christ that we are going to suffer for his name. He's told us that clearly in the Gospels that that will happen. But we can know that at the same time while we're enduring that suffering, that he's with us and that the Holy Spirit is going to come along and strengthen our faith. The people in our, in our gospel reading today, they needed a savior and that was fulfilled in Jesus. He would save his people by willingly losing his life to defeat our biggest enemy, the devil. Jesus is our hero and he did this and he saved the world through his life, death and resurrection. Now, as a society, we, we think of a hero, and we think it's the one who, who stands up to the enemy, who defeats the enemy, and in some cases pays the ultimate price. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And that's the way that God chose for his creation to be redeemed through his son's death. As I close out this morning, the band Abandoned, they have a song that's called The Hero. And it tells the story of Jesus' ministry in each of the verses. And in one of the verses, it talks about the journey, that hero's journey.
that Jesus took for you and for me this morning. The verse goes, there he goes, a hero, a savior to the world. Here he stands with scars in his hands, with love he gave his life so that we could be free, the savior of the world. Jesus is our savior. He's our hero. He willingly took that journey for you and for me. He willingly gave up his life to defeat sin so that we could have the promise of eternal life with him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to today's message on Boundless. I hope that today's message brought you the love and hope that will meet your need. I'm the pastor at St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Wood, Illinois. And at St. Matthew, we see that there is boundless need all around us that can be met with the boundless love of Jesus so we can all live with boundless hope. For more, go to our website, www.stmats.net. That's www.stmatts.net. There you will find more content and resources that will give you the boundless love of Jesus. If you are in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit. In the meantime, find us on Instagram at St. Matthew Hawthorne Woods. There is no E in Hawthorne, by the way. And we're also on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening to Boundless. Remember, the answer to all need is Jesus, who is love and brings hope.